Okay, group, group one, I gave you 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 2. Let me just read it for the benefit of everyone here. Chapter 5 and verse 2. I'm, I told you I'm only interested in the second half uh, of the verse. But I'll start from verse 1 anyway. Don't rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers. Okay, here's what we're focusing on. Younger women as sisters in all purity. Yeah? Group 1. Who's the spokesperson? All right. So, um, from First uh, Timothy uh, five, what we gathered, we We got pure attention, distinguish between people, respect, encourage one another, and helping them up So, pure intentions, obviously. Okay. Am I supposed to remember that? Like, is it? I'm, t- I'm trying to understand. Is it like po- poda or poda? Like, it's not helping me at all. Like, I would not remember this afterwards. <laughs> yeah, this is good. Uh, this is very good. Um, how would you describe? In communities in general, what, what communities are there where there's younger people together? Uh, brother, um, young males, young females. You find, let's say, at school, right? University or high school. Uh, you, find, um, you find people where at work as well when they're working together, at social clubs. How, do you, how would you define, or what are some things that are characteristics of relationships in those spaces between younger ladies and younger men? Uh, what are some things that are characteristics of, people, of how people relate to one another in those kinds of spaces? Go ahead. In the world, yes, yes, yes. 
There's disrespect, yeah, there could be. Yeah? Sorry? Entertainment. No, 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 I'm saying how do they relate to each other? You're saying they entertain one another. Oh, yeah, you're saying they, they go to entertainment together, they enjoy... St- uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, that's fine, yeah, yeah. Generally hostile. Yeah, there's a bit of strife. Yes. Sorry, what, what did you say? Yeah. And, 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 and chauvinists doing their thing as well, right? Uh, uh, doing their chauvinistic, yes. So there's all kinds of strife there. Um, and, Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you guys see that um, that video? Well, I hope you didn't. Um, it was just a sad video. That video of that girl who was hitting that girl who ended up killing herself. Lofuno, I think, was her name. Horrible. I was just thinking about this, you know, that, that whole... Because, you know, on the radio, you know how the world tries to solve its problems. They're talking about the issue is bullying and all of this. And I'm like, no... If you grew up in, in a South African school, you know that's just like par for the course. Like people are going to egg each other on while somebody else is being beaten up. Like it's just part of life. It's not a bullying issue or a, it's the fact that in high schools in South Africa, I grew up in, in, that, well, in the township and the village where I studied, it was just part of life. You know, there's going to be after school, so Tolan, you know what I mean? There's going to be, we have a date after school, it's going to happen, you know what I mean? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? So it's like, it's not a, that, that, those are the kinds of relations you find. Everybody's trying to one up each other, I mean, it's like, and you, you might find with the fight starts out of nothing, it's just somebody says, hey, you know, this person says that they're, they're not afraid of you. That's it. There's a fight. Someone said they're not afraid of you, and now, now you have to prove that they should be afraid. It's the most stupidest thing on the planet. But it happens, yeah? Um, so there's all, this, there's all this one-upmanship. And amongst guys, what you find is competition. So guys are always competing with each other. It's part of what testosterone produces, unfortunately. And we need that part of, um, we, we, we kind of need that drive. Men need that drive of testosterone to get them to advance. But what sin does is that it takes that right, that rightful desire for advancement and warps it and makes and turns it into competition. Where you see a guy next to you as someone that you need to one-up in some way. Right? You need to kind of show why, how you're superior. And of course, ladies, you guys know yourselves. You guys know yourselves. I've, I've, I, now, have, being married to a wife, she tells me a lot more about you guys now. And it's just, there's always just fighting and, and, and cattiness and all of this stuff. Relations with each other, males and females, males and males, females and females, relations with each other are horrible out there in the world. They are just full of strife, 
They're full of sin. They're full of putting yourself first. Full of fighting for absolutely no reason. And then, of course, it's full of impurity sexually as well, right? Uh, I have no idea how you guys who have Instagram survive on that thing. That thing is just a thirst trap. It is evil. Like, I have no idea how you survive. Like, you are stronger than I am. That thing is just designed. I'm convinced it's just designed right now to catch a man. Like, that's my feeling. Just because whenever I download it to check, you know, what, uh, what Ricardo is doing for us for the church, you know, as he's, you know, because Ricardo is doing some good work for us, advertising the church there and all this stuff. So when I download it and get there, I need to really, I need to delete it really quickly because I know my own heart. Like, this, just in, you click the wrong button by mistake at the bottom. So now you don't have to search for something. You understand this? It used to be in the past. You, you're gonna have, you have to search someone. You know someone would say, oh no, let's, look, let's check your search history. You don't need to check my search history now. Just click on the button at the bottom and nonsense comes up. Like, what's going on? I have no idea how you guys survive. Uh, the, the, and, and it's all young people with young people, aren't it? Like if you happen also to click that middle... That, that button on the Facebook app as well now. You know that middle video button? Sometimes it's funny. I enjoy it. At least Facebook is a bit more... Sometimes it's funny stuff. Sometimes it's cricket, you know, and all this. But then sometimes something's just going to show up. It's young people. There's just this thing designed around us for impurity. You just... You, you, you do not anymore uh, consider other people purely as human beings with a future, we're designed in the image of God, we now have to look at each other as sexual creatures. Like, that's the main thing that we're told. Consider each other as sexual beings. Now, our sexuality is an important part of us, but if you listen only to the world, you think that's the most important thing about us. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? And especially among people, young, younger people, yeah? You think that's the, the, most, the most important thing. Someone tells their friend, I was talking to this girl. The first thing that they're going to ask you, and then show me a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Is she hot? Like, show me. Show, like, that's the first thing. Like, because it's no longer about the content. It's no longer about the... It, it, it's all about the form. Now, it's, everything is about form. And we're all just... I like just, just pushed this idea on us that the most important thing about a young man or a young woman is how they look. There, is, there couldn't be any more nonsense. Like, I can't tell you how much nonsense there is. Uh, that is. It is so nonsensical to, dis, to, to, to encapsulate the whole entire being of a human being in just their externals. Do you guys understand that's how we got racism? You, you like, it's funny to me that the people who are like, yeah, we're against racism are the same people who are doing the same kind of nonsense that led us to racism. You're doing exactly the same thing. You're like, yeah, we're against racism. Let's burn down buildings. We're against racism. Well, at the same time, you are, you are acting and treating people in the very same way that led to the problems that you're fighting against. When you consider that the sum total of what a person is is how they look. Nonsense. I want you to know that's absolute nonsense. Uh, Paul says to Timothy, 
treat younger sister, treat the younger women as sisters with all purity, not some purity, right? Not in some categories purity, not in some sometimes it with all purity, unreserved purity. That means in how we speak to each other. That means that the, the language uh, that comes out of your mouth, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, as you're talking about younger sisters, or younger sisters as you're talking about other brothers who are about your age, as you're talking about them, the language is extremely important. Number two, your heart meditation about them. When you're considering them in your heart, when you, when, you, when you think about them after the conversation you've just had with them, as you approach them to talk, what's going on in your heart must be sanctified, washed. It must be worthy of one who belongs to Jesus Christ. It cannot be having sinful ulterior motives. Now hear me clearly. I'm not saying don't pursue someone, okay? Otherwise, I'll be making a rule that makes all of you die single. No, that's not what I'm saying. It's not an evil ulterior motive to pursue someone for marriage, you understand? Or to pursue someone to see if marrying them would be good. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, you know exactly what I'm saying. I'm talking about that sinful lust that's there when you consider your brother or your sister with carnality. Are you with me? We are called to live with each other. There should be such a freedom here that when we're talking with one another, when we're living with each other, when we're doing ministry together, when we go out evangelizing together, when we, when we you know, if I introduce you to a friend of mine that I've brought, I shouldn't be worried about you. Good now, you're just going to be like, ah. <laughs> I shouldn't be worried about you. If I'm... If I've been trying to bring a friend of mine to church so they can come and hear the gospel, I shouldn't be worried that, oh, because I'm, there's Rezel at church. Oh, Baba. Oh, Baba. Oh, because I should just at least just try and keep her away from Ishmael and just like make sure that Malbongwe doesn't come close. No, guys, there should be none of that. This should be a healthy environment where we're treating with each other. And here's the other thing. There should be none of this like, this like tentativeness between God's people. That this is this like, uh, uh, you know, hey, you know, this like this, 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 this dance of, of, of lack of clarity amongst each other because, well, you're of a different gender. So I must dance around you and, and you know, give you my best left side. <laughs> No, guys, this is, no, all purity, there is a real sense in which uh, the church of Jesus Christ is, a, is this familial language. You understand, the, the term, we, we call each other the Christians. Have you noticed how often the Bible doesn't use the term Christians about each other here? There's a few words used by different authors. John likes the term beloved, the ones who are loved by God. The one that's most used is the term brothers. Do you know that term? When you see it, it says the brothers. That term is better translated as brethren. Because that term, Adelphoi, in that context is brothers and sisters. It's talking about both genders. 
We are to refer to each other here together as brothers and sisters, brethren, saints, you understand. None of this, none of this, like this, 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 this immature thing that you see on TV or in movies where people treat each other as this is some kind of club where you need to always be presenting some version of yourself or, or acting in a particular way or, or looking for certain things in people for them to act in certain ways. No, we're all sinners, we're all in need of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we all come together to encourage each other on our road to seeing and loving Him. If it ends up that we get married along the way, Amen. Praise God. But that's not the primary thing. You're not primarily here to found a spouse. If you think you're primarily here to find a spouse, speak to me afterwards. <laughs> I'd like to ban you from these meetings. If you think you're primarily here just to find, to find some kind of... No. It's, no. Um, we're here to, to walk with each other. Finding a spouse in the midst of that is wonderful and beautiful and it's God-ordained and we should find a spouse among us. That's the safest place to find them. Uh, but that's not the primary thing. Don't make something that's a good thing that's secondary, make it primary and then make you actually lose the joy that God has for you in enjoying the gifts of your brothers and sisters. Remember I explained to you what, the, what gifts are about. Gifts are for the benefit of me. Your gift, if God has given you a gift, which he has if you belong to God, if God has given you a gift, that gift is not for you, it's for me. So that I can benefit. So there's something that you, that I need, that I don't have, that you have, God has give, placed it in you. And do not rob me of that by playing this game of cat and mouse. Okay? Let me enjoy the gifts that God has given you. Let me, let me benefit. Let me be built up in the Lord Jesus Christ through you. Don't, don't play this game and, 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 and treat people. And I'm, not, I'm not saying you guys are doing this, okay? I'm, I'm speaking a bit strong. I'm not saying that I'm looking at some of you with the corner of my eye. No, I'm not, I'm not accusing you of this. I'm just saying, let's just cut this right here. Okay, it's not what we're supposed to be doing. Are you with me? Any thoughts or questions or notes on this before we move on to group two? We are to treat each other as brothers and sisters with all purity. Okay? Fight all, impure, all, impure, uh, all lack of purity in you as it, as it come, when it comes to how you relate to your brothers and sisters. Benj. Yeah. Yeah. Look out for them. 100%. Yeah, and sisters do the same because, you know, there's a looking out as well for, for brothers that they need, you know, uh, in, in different respects. Uh, we all need to be looking out and, 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 and watching out for one another to ensure that we're all safe, which means that requires maybe some tough conversations sometimes. It requires saying, hey, I, I, think you're, I think you're straying. I think you're, you're going the wrong way here. Let me encourage you towards righteousness. It might require some Matthew 18 in our lives. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a good point, Benj. Uh, Reza. <clears throat> This is a very good question. This is an excellent question. 
Yeah. This is an excellent question. I love this question. The reason I love this question is because I can say something right now. Uh, you remember I said to you a while back that where the scripture doesn't speak, I need to say what I'm saying in a manner that is flexible so that I don't dogmatically say something when the Bible doesn't dogmatically say that thing. Remember this. It's very important to be nuanced. Allow me to push this even with this idea. I'd, just, I'd say wisdom would say be careful with complimenting people. That's what wisdom would say. Compliment people in, you know, in a safe and, and wonderful But just be careful. Because if you keep complimenting this one sister... <laughs> There's such a thing as a build up, building up of expectation. So, Rezel, you, you complimented me last week, you complimented me this week, and then now when I'm getting dressed, I'm thinking about Rezel. <laughs> okay? And then, two weeks later, I see how. I hear Rezel is now walking with another sister there, pursuing marriage together. How, Rezel? Now, I'm not saying that's, that's what should happen, but I'm just saying that you just, just be careful. Just be... And, and, and you're right, of course, be wise. Don't, don't use crass language or language that you've imported from some rappers in your complimenting of a sister. That's evil, right? But even the, pure, even the pure complimenting that you're doing, and even in your discussion, we're going to talk about this more when we talk about group two, because that one has a particular word that I want, which is defrauding. We're going to talk about it just now. But uh, I just, yeah, all I'd say is just be careful even though I do think that the Bible says you can do it, or the Bible doesn't say anything about it, but just still just be, you know, wisdom is still required in how we conduct ourselves, right? Prudence. Just to be careful to not suggest something that you're not thinking about, okay? Yeah. Yeah, what's this? Yeah, it, it, it requires, I mean, boundaries is one, is one word. Uh, the word that I would use that's, that's just more all around is wisdom, which, which of course, boundaries, you can say it's a part of that. It is. It's a matter of making sure that you're, 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 you, what you're doing is wise and is safe and does not go too far. Especially with you guys' chatting. But actually, we're going to talk about this just now. Let's go to group two. Um, and this is anybody with a question on this? Um, I do want us to go to group two because we'll, we'll get into more of it right now when we discuss group two's text. Okay, group two, your text, please. Let me, let me read your text uh, publicly here and then I'll give you guys an opportunity to tell us what applications you got from it. Let me read. First uh, Thessalonians chapter four was their text from verse one to eight. Now, finally then, uh, then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus 
that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that, <clears throat> that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger, in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for impurity, but holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives the Holy Spirit to you. Okay, group two. All right, thanks, man. Yeah, that's quite broad. Uh, good things in the discipleship, accountability, mentors, uh, people to look up to uh, in our quest for sanctification. 
this is, this is all very good. And, and really the key, of course, here is that um, it's all about how we are, ought to walk and to please God. You see that in verse 1, how we ought to walk and to please the Lord. Um, and it seems as if that his burden in this section uh, is specifically with regards to sexual immorality. Uh, that each one should know how to control uh, his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles. And here's the, and here's the verse that I was referring to just now, that no one transgress and wrong. Some of your translations will use the word defraud. And that's the translation that I prefer because it actually gets to the heart of the issue. Defraud his brother in this matter. If I defraud you, what have I done? Just think, you know, we, use, we, we, we know the term specifically financial-wise, right? Fraud. What is fraud? When you don't take something that belongs to someone else. When you take something that belongs to someone else. There's card fraud, right? You bankers. Yeah? There's card fraud where somebody lies using, skims your card at the ATM machine and then lies and say that they're you, and they take what belongs to you. And you, you see, that's fraud. You're fraudulently active. There is a way to fraudulently act, even amongst God's people, with regards to sexual purity. There's a way to defraud someone. Let me tell you what that means. To defraud someone in a sexual way amongst God's people is to take what does not belong to you, or doesn't even belong to them, belongs to someone else. Here's a simple example in your context. When you are courting someone for marriage, and you relate to them in a way as if you're already their spouse, you are taking something that is not yours, not theirs, it actually belongs to their spouse. You are stealing this can happen, one, emotionally. Uh, generally, let me just say this to you, generally, as a matter of wisdom, I do not advise young people who are courting to sit together in someone's car in the back seat and pray together. Why? Because prayer is a deeply emotional and intimate thing. It creates a connectedness, a, a a, um, a closeness that isn't actually there. You are communicating something that isn't actually there. When you emotionally get too close to someone, you are communicating that you are further ahead than you actually are. Even in your speakings, and, and, let me, and I'm going to get really practical here, guys, because I, I really want to help you. Um, I, I think, you know... What we sometimes do is that, and what we've done, of course, is we, know we spend time exegeting the scripture and all of this and, and digging God's word, and then we should do that. And then we actually forget the wisdom, the practical wisdom that is on top of that, where you are actually mostly usually are. So today, I just want, I just want to talk to you just a bit, a bit practically. You know, you guys, gentlemen, when you pursue, a, when you go to a young lady, and you, you go to her. 
uh, and you, you know, you thought about her, you've spoken to other guys and you, you know, other people who advise you, and then you, you, now you're pursuing her for, for, you know, you want to start to get to know her. What you say to her on that first meeting and the f- next subsequent meetings had better be the truth. Do not say to her, I'd like to date you because I want to marry you. See, you guys are too Christian sometimes. You put the cart before the horse. You say, I want to date you because I want to marry you. You don't know that. At this particular point in time, you don't know if you want to marry this person. You want to get to know them. So just say that. What a bright idea. Just be honest. (laughs) What an amazing idea. Just honesty. Isn't that new? Remember I said we're recreated humanity. We want to be truthful. So don't go there and say all these things Oh, the world, promise her the world, because, you know, that's how you've been taught. That's the way, you know, with catcalling and all of this stuff, and ukshela, and all these things that you've learned, maybe from your cousins or your uncles, and you think that the, the way to a woman's heart is to promise her the world and all of this. That is, that is unsanctified, unregenerate thinking. It's a horrible worldview, because that, all of those are manipulative tactics to get what a person, that, all of that is just manipulation. You're not there at the moment. If I, if you, if, if I ever hear you say that while you're pursuing a lady lies on doing, you know what I'll do? I'll just call everybody back inside and say, let's have a wedding. Somebody has proposed. <laughs> just now. Because that's what you've just said. Angit. If she says yes to that, if she says, okay, let's go. Then I'm like, no, guys, don't, don't waste any more time. You've agreed to get married. Azish. You see, you see what I'm saying? Like, we need to get to a point where we're just honest. Listen, listen. I'm interested you know, as being around here, I just want to get to know you. I just want to go get a coffee, get to know you, see where this, see where this leads, see. Just be honest. And Jason Jess, Kubay and Impil, or Jason this is not a complicated thing. You complicate things when you listen too much to the world and the world tells you how to do things. Because the world has all these other assumptions and all these ways of working that are unbiblical and ungodly and are not part of the recreated humanity of Christ. That's one. Even, even just your approach, right? And you, ladies, please, if you know you're not interested, just say so. Oh, Uncle Siam. Oh, Uncle Siam. Hey. Hey, Safele. <laughs> if you know that that, 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 that brother say there's no chance. Just tell him. <laughs> just, just say, brother say, you've got no chance. <laughs> like, listen, I, I don't mind just going for coffee or whatever, but the fun was from now on, no. Like, it's not going to go any further. Yeah, a bright idea, honesty. Just honesty. Now, of course, now, because you understand, I'm not saying that, you know, you know anything from the beginning. But I'm just saying, if you do know, like, if, if the answer for you is already a no, you know, very nope, it will never happen with this person, I'd rather die single. Then it's fine. <laughs> just tell him. In fact, even if you and I were Adam and Eve, there'd be no human race. Just, <laughs> just tell the guy, and let's, move, and let's move on with life. None of this... None of this back and forth. This is, 
All of that stuff is just unbiblical. Just be honest. I'm just like, but if you're not sure, you just want to get to know, then at least you just, okay, when we're getting to know, we're going to figure this out. We're going to, you know, then do it that way. But just, please, all I'm, all I'm advocating for is just honesty across the board. Just, just, this is just, just practical. I'm not, you understand, I'm not giving you laws. This is not, this, we're not a cult here where I tell you how to do things, okay? I'm just telling you what the application of not fraud, of being fraudulent, not defrauding someone looks like. You tell them the truth. You do not, you do not speak as though you are further ahead. And even now, now you guys are going for coffee together, now you're meeting, now you're doing this, you're hanging out at different spots. Just keep the relationship at the level that it is throughout that whole time. Okay? Be honest. Keep it, don't go too far communicating things that are not true. Emotionally, like my sister was saying here, don't, don't go too far emotionally where you're, not, where you're not there, and especially not physically. I'm telling you guys, all this making out and stuff is a highway onto sin, unless you watch it. And I tell you now, all this, you know, all this making out and stuff and, and finding a dark corner to, to be together and feel each other up, all of that is, a, that is an on-ramp to one, one area, one place. All of, that, all of that stuff that you guys do when you're dating... All of that is, is, is designed by God to lead to only one place. And that is a place where you shouldn't be going right now before you're married. Are you with me? I'm not giving you laws, but I'm telling you wisdom. I'm telling you now that all of this stuff, you guys, because the thing is, here's the thing. <clears throat> we, we consume media, we consume the world, we consume our friends, we consume WhatsApp statuses. And we think that is what is expected. But I'm telling you now, as God's people, that's not what's expected. God's people are to be pure. You are not to walk like the Gentiles do. If you're going to just replicate what the Gentiles do, you're going to go where the Gentiles go. You honestly think that someone who is sinning sexually, relentlessly, continuously, that person is going to see the kingdom of heaven. You, You think that someone who's always, always relentlessly sinning in a sexual sense with someone that they're dating and sinning persistently, you think that person's going to see the kingdom of heaven? If you think that, I've got a bridge that I want to sell you. Paul says this. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Sexual immoral people will never inherit the kingdom of heaven. You won't. So stop it. Stop. This is, your life is on the line. If you've even crossed certain lines, it's not too late to stop it. If you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, repent. If you don't belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I'm telling you now, you think that that's wisdom. Sleeping around with people, going around defrauding, taking what's not yours. You think that's wisdom. I'm telling you that is death. It's, it, it tastes sweet for a moment, but it's going to go down like, it's me, Indy. What do you say? How do you say it? It's going to be like gall. Like gall. Is it gall bladder, isn't it? So it's, it's going to go down like gall through your throat. It's going to be disgusting, and it's going to destroy your life. If you don't believe me, if you don't believe me, let me go to every study imaginable. Now, I'm telling you now empirically, scientifically. Go to every study imaginable. Just, just go Google scientific studies of people who are sexually promiscuous. Just say, 
Gojioku effects of sexual promiscuity on people. There will be studies from left to right, and it will tell you that it is a mess. Yeah, one of these things that you're seeing on these Instagram filters of people acting like, you know, because they're sexually promiscuous and they're having a good time, it looks great. Those people are struggling with life. Those people, they look, yeah, but this is the thing, they, they elevate this image of what it all looks like and it looks so beautiful, but behind, some of them even kill themselves. Because these things that they're pursuing, this, the way that they're going is not the way that God designed life to be. Now, some of you are not hearing me. Some of you are thinking, ah, this guy is just another Mpundis trying to tell us what to do with our bodies. But I am telling you, you'll remember these words. If you pursue life that way, if you want to live life that way, you will find yourself in a dark place alone and you don't know how you got there. Because that is not how life is designed. Let me tell you something. All of this fondling and all this sexual activity was designed by God to be done and enjoyed in a covenantal relationship. All this performance people put up, you know, you need to look, all of this performance, all of that is a bunch of nonsense. You give of yourself for your spouse and your spouse give of themselves for you. You do not do this thing of performing. There's all these jokes all over the place about this and that and, and how this person looks and what this person has. There's all these things, and I'm telling you that this world, with all of that, is going to hell very quickly with depression. They're not going to hell happy. They're going to hell depressed. You still don't believe me. You know celebrities, right? The ones who sell you this lifestyle? Celebrities. Name me three celebrities whose marriages have lasted. I'm going to wait. Two? <laughs> yeah. Espe- think especially of the ones who are selling you the wonders of this lifestyle, the sexual promiscuous lifestyle. Name me three of them whose marriages have lasted, whose kids are well adjusted and have no issues, whose lives are on the straight and narrow. Name me three. You can't. They're always famous for. It's become even part of our language that, yes, here's another Hollywood couple that's divorced. It's part of life. Go Google a Hollywood star, they're probably divorced. Why? But they're, they're rich and famous, they've got money, and they've got the best bodies in the, in the business. They look way better than you and me. I mean, just look at us. <laughs> look at us. Just look at us. I mean... <laughs> Oh, is this newsflash? Did you think you were Beyonce? <laughs> eh? Did you think you were Drake with the dimples? No. They look way better than you and me, but they're, because the thing that they're pursuing, I'm telling you now, that kind of lifestyle is destructive, it's full of sin, and it, is, it does not have the happiness that you see on the pictures, guys. These people... They, they are on pills, they're on tablets. Just go Google this information. All of what I'm telling you is easily found. You can easily verify this. These people are on pills. They can't, they can't go to sleep at night. When are you can sleep? When are they can't? Because these lifestyles that they're selling you, going to clubs every weekend, being promiscuous, having all these sexual partners, 
All of that stuff takes a toll on the human soul. You were not designed for that. You were not, you were, let me tell you, you're not, a, you're not a rooster and a hen. You're not a chicken, when you're not, you're not designed for that kind of lifestyle. You were designed for one man, one woman for life. So let me plead with you, dear believers, let me plead with you to stay away from sexual immorality, all forms of it. Stay away. Don't even, don't even fiddle around with it. Don't even try to go close to it. Stay away from that thing. It will destroy you. And stop defrauding one another. Even here, Christians, even as you're dating, you're trying to find spouses and all of this stuff, do that, but stop defrauding, taking things that don't belong to you. Those things that you're taking belong to somebody's spouse, to that person's spouse. You may very well be that person's spouse, but you are not at the moment. The prodigal son took what was not his at that moment. He went and took and said, give me the inheritance before time. Before, before the right time, he was saying to his father, you are dead to me now. Give me what should have been mine only when you're dead. I'm telling you now, guys, you're going to be like the prodigal son. If you keep taking, you're going to go and find yourself eating food that belongs to pigs. Don't do it. Just, just stay away from taking things. Conduct yourself with all purity and honor. Live with a clear conscience before God. Okay, but how, how do I know how far is too far? What is the Spirit of God saying in you when you're doing what you're doing? What is your conscience saying? If your conscience is nagging at you, stop it. You know what I'm talking about. I don't have to tell you laws. If you feel that what, what I'm doing is making the Spirit of God scream within me, don't quench him. Obey him. You see, that's what Paul says here. Spirit of God has been given for you, to you. He says, therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God who gives the Holy Spirit to you. The Holy Spirit was given to you to make you more beautiful, to make you more holy before God. If you keep ignoring him when he's screaming at you that what you're doing is unholy, what are you doing? Um, <clears throat> we spent enough time on that point. Anybody have a question before we move to group three? Anyone a question, a comment, a disregard? A, a yebo, yebo, sis. Context. context, yeah. But at the same time, if I quickly say no, yeah, yeah. that uh, the yeah. thin line. Yes, yes. 
Yeah, yeah. So when I was saying that, I was just trying to intimate that at least as soon as you can. So because yeah, it might be weird. Maybe they want to ask you about a friend of yours. Now when you said no, and then the and then the person goes, "Well, this is awkward." <laughs> yeah. So you raise a fair point. So let me say. So my point is that even at least at that coffee, you know, if if you can see that this person. Especially because, you know, uh, he might say, you know, at the end, you know, I'd like to do this again. Even though he didn't say anything, you just guys, you guys were just shooting the breeze and talking and having a good time. And then the meeting ends and then he says, I'd like to do this again. I think then you know what he's doing, right? Like it's, um, it becomes clear, you know, you know, you know what's going on. I, the, 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 point, the point though is, I mean, again, you do, we don't want to be mechanical about the language here. The point is that, as soon as it's clear that this person's actually interested in you, then, you know, you, you go with that information. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I do think that guys can say something that makes it clearer why they're asking you out, or at least maybe after that first time you guys are out, they can make it clear why he's doing this. I think he, he actually should make it clear because that's his job. Um, you shouldn't be, by the end of that coffee, not knowing what was this about again? <laughs> like, you should not be in the, in the air. He should at least make it clear his, like, his intention of wanting to get to know you. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. yeah. So at least at that point when he makes that clear, then you can communicate your, your, your interest or lack thereof. Yeah. yeah. Spoken like a true heartbreaker. (laughs) 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 What? Oh wow, guys keep yo. Show mercy. (laughs) Guys, for, for for those of you guys who don't know, her name is actually Mercy. <laughs> Clearly she has none. <laughs> no, the question, the question is, uh, is there any advice to guys on how to accept rejection when it inevitably comes? Alright. Okay. I, I want us to move on from this point, but this is, this is a, again, if we're being practical, this is a very practical and important point. But let me say this. There are two things. One is, uh, I, I generally say this to guys. I haven't really said this on something that's recorded before. So I hope uh, that uh, at, at this point, uh, you know, someone will have fallen asleep and they won't be hearing this on the recording. I generally say to guys that I have absolutely no time for a guy who's going to come to me and say, oh, I was rejected. Uh, who's heartbroken over rejection and the, the, the and time like and like no time for that. The reason being, God has given you the man the responsibility to go find a wife. And if you get rejected at one point, tough. That's part of life. Your work is going to be hard. 
Just take it, deal with it. It's going to be hard. Okay, fine. It's going to be hard for that month or whatever. Now that you've, but now let's go forward. The other thing is, um, I think one of the reasons that ladies don't understand why guys sometimes take it hard is because for the girl, it's the first time you're hearing about this. If the guy's been careful, like it. It's the first time you've been hearing about this and then you go out with him and then you actually make it clear, hey, I'm, not, I'm actually not there. But he's been thinking about this for a long time. You know, he's been talking to brothers. He's been trying to find his... He's been doing his due diligence. You know what I mean? He's been doing the information, finding out. You know, one of the milestones was when he found out that you are actually single. You know, he was so excited when he heard that you were actually single. And then, and, then, and, then other, and then he spoke to this person and this person said, Ah, oh, you're a catch. And he's getting more and more excited. And then when uh, you think, oh, but there's nothing there, I just told him no once. <laughs> well, yeah, now he's had many, even though for you this relationship is start, didn't even start, yeah, now for him there's been milestones. <laughs> there's been, <laughs> you know. So uh, I'd say, just, just feel for him, but it's not your responsibility in one sense to, to coddle him. In fact, it's, it's, it's sinful for you to communicate something to him that's not true, isn't it? So just tell him, and then to you, gents, I mean, just deal with it for, for a short time, but let's just move on, eh? Just, yeah, dust yourself. I see a pumpy. Like, you, you, God has given you... And see, I feel mostly for ladies, my sisters. I really feel for my sisters because they're the ones that have to be found. You know what I mean? The scripture <clears throat> doesn't have a lot of good things to say about a, about a lady who's always pursuing guys. In fact, it's got some very choice words to say about her in Proverbs chapter 7. So a woman who's always pursuing guys is a dangerous woman, and actually guys are supposed to stay away from her, according to Proverbs 7. So if she's going to be godly, you know, she might be making herself available, she'll be putting herself in different situations and all of this, but she can't move forward than that. She can't take further steps. So she's the one I really feel for, especially if like, there's a relationship that's ended. Like if there's a relationship that's ended, I mean, my compassion is more for the lady because you know it just means that she needs to go back to this period of waiting you know what i mean and whereas when a guy when a, you just need to just dust yourself up you know amen hallelujah for what go 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 do your duty you are commanded to find another one so let's not spend hours crying about something just go forward and find another one um, and hopefully that one will be the, the one that the Lord has for you. So it's a bit of a tricky thing. Let's go to Sabelo. Yeah, okay. 
So this is, this is, this is good. This is, this is was. Obviously, everything that we do, we do it prayerfully. But there's an extreme that Christian people have that, you need to, that, that I want to kill right here. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 that you may marry whomever you wish only in the Lord. Are you with me? Marry whomever you wish only in the Lord. So you do not need to spend a long time in prayer figuring out if this is the person. Okay, If you fancy the person and the person is in the Lord and the person is not otherwise engaged, meaning the person is not married or like underage, then Bob's your uncle. Okay? You understand? The scripture gives you a lot of freedom on this issue. Uh, there's not a lot of guidance that you need. Uh, like spiritually, I'm going to pray. Even though what you're saying is right, we should be praying and doing it prayerfully uh, and so forth. But just be very careful to not over-spiritualize something when the scripture is very practical about it. Marry whomever you wish, only in the Lord. Yeah? Okay, there was another one over here. Remember what I said about games that are unbiblical? That are, you remember what I said about games that are worldly? We don't play them. So, so, that, so that's the thing to the ladies, right? There's none of this testing. Now, if you say, if you say to a guy you're not interested, then what? what there's no subtext. What, are, what is this? Like subtitles. <laughs> I'm not interested, but chase me. <laughs> no. <laughs> What are you? What am I? Am I, am I, am I a lion and you're a gazelle? <laughs> what is this? No. Just be honest and say, listen, first, I, what, I love your question, Buff. And what I'm trying to say is, I want to I wanna mature our language. Our language must be mature. Just be like, okay, I'm not there. So the lady should just say, look, I'm not there. I'm not sure. Maybe let's spend more time or let me, give me some time to think. But just, just, just be honest about where you're at. You know what I mean? None of this, no, I'm saying to you, no, this is not going to happen. Or, no, I'm not interested. But I'm, I'm secretly expecting you to persist. This is, what is this? Like, we're playing the lotto here. Like, no. Like, let's be godly about it. Now, again, I'm not making a law about how these things work. You know, certain people, you know, I know of a couple where the, the, the guy... Actually, the guy said, um, you know, I'm interested. And the girl said, listen, I'm not, but I'll hang out with you. She said, I'm not, but I'll, you know, I just want to make you know, just want to let you know that I'm not interested in anything, but I'll hang out with you. So the guy said, okay, that, why did she say that? She was probably giving me a chance. So they hung out for like a, for a number of months up until she changed her mind. Um, and they got married, and you know they're a wonderful Christian couple now. And you, you hear stories like this. so things like that happen, right? 
Um, and she was being, and he would have been right at that moment to just move on because that's what she said. But he recognized that the re, that the the way she was framing the point was that she just wanted to make sure that he's not hurt because she she hasn't thought about it. She hasn't. She's not where he's at. But she was happy to hang out with him to keep doing stuff with him. So then that that that's fine. Then he you, you can keep doing that. But if a girl says to you, "I'm not interested," and let's stop this right now. No coffee after this was the first and last coffee. Please just know that this n- no. Then that <laughs> that's it, right? Like that's the end. There's none of this fooling or like uh, acting acting um, in a, in an ungodly way where we now trying to read into things. No, just. Of persistence. Yeah, you see, now we're, now we're in the realm of prudence in, in a specific situation. It depends on the situation. Uh, it depends. Like, like, if I was that guy's friend and he came to me and he said to me, she said she's not interested in, you know, she's not there, but she wants to hang out with me. She's happy to hang out with me and have fun with me. I would have said to him, of course, man, just keep hanging out with her. Maybe, maybe, she's, just, maybe she's just, like, not sure. You know, maybe she said it a bit too strong. You know what I mean? So there's different situations. You, you, you have to be careful now to not, uh, again, not making a blanket law. But, but we must be more mature, though, in how we communicate, I think. I think that's, the, that's really the drive here. Because the, the scripture that we're trying to take a principle from is a scripture that says, do not defraud. Don't communicate something that's not true. Do not act in a way that's not true. Do not communicate to someone, even with your actions, that you are somewhere where you're not. You understand? that you are at a further ahead place in the relationship when you're actually not there. So that, that's the kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, that's what you could say. Well, for- I just want everybody to know that this guy's a banker and he's all about hedging his risk. He's all about limiting risk. Look, it's, uh, yeah, you know, these things, again, these things go into the prudential. As long as in those conversations you're not communicating that you're further ahead, okay? Because, again, the principle is honesty. So don't communicate that you're further ahead. Communicate that, you know, um, you know I'm, I'm still trying to figure this out. And then don't just, like, you know, don't just ghost someone also after this, just to disappear and switch off. You know, just, like, be like, you know, we're, I'm treating you as a brother, as my sister, you know, but uh, I'm no longer trying to get to know you in that way. I've now knowing someone else in that way or something. You understand? So it's not like you're, you're busy chatting with, you're, you're doing this communicating thing. I don't even, you know, you're doing this thing and then someone then, you know, there's now a public announcement. Ulungelo is engaged. How? How? But we were chatting in jail. Um, no. Uh, uh, so, yeah. So what I'm saying is this, I think you're right. But just, just be careful the content and even the, the time commitment. Because there's two things, right? There's what I say and what I do. 
And people some, more often than not respond to what I do. Right? So if you ask me every morning how, how I am, have a good day, during the day, how's your day going? You're asking me, and you know so many details of what's going on in my life. And at night, you're the last person I chat to. In the morning, it's the same story. And you're doing that with six girls. <laughs> it's just, it gets a little bit, a bit like, so because that is communicating an interest that is a, a bit more serious. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like, keep it light. You know, keep it friendly. Keep it light. Maybe do your getting to know those girls, not maybe on text, maybe just here. Justin J, you, you make sure, oh, she's going to get her to the snack now. Go. Get your snacks. <laughs> Talk to her then, you know. Get to know her then. Just get, gather all your information without getting to a point where you're communicating a commitment that's not there. Are you with me? And I say this both sides because you ladies are also, your ladies also do this. You're, both of you. <laughs> ladies, you also, you also are weak. You also do this where you, where you hedge your bets and you communicate to people. And I think that... Just be careful with this. this is, it's, a, it's a matter of Christian discipleship and honoring the Lord and being sanctified to not communicate with your actions or your words something that is not true about where you're at. Always make sure that your heart and your intention is in line with what the other person understands. Okay? You, in one sense, you also... It's like, you know, you guys, you guys know this. You guys are learning your K53 right now, right? Like some of you are doing your, your learning your learner's license and stuff. They tell you that when you're driving in the road, you're driving everybody's car who's around you. When you're driving, you're also looking at the car that's this side, the car that's this side. If you're in lanes, car, you're always, you're anticipating everybody's moves. If you're going to change lanes, you're thinking about, is that car about to change lanes? You're always aware of your surroundings in the same way. You always want to make sure, especially gentlemen, this is your responsibility, especially as men, you always want to make sure that you are thinking, does she, does she understand exactly where we're at in this process? And you can never communicate too much. Well, okay, that's wrong. You can communicate too much. If you, like, ask her every five minutes, are you, are you, are you happy with where we're at? <laughs> it's too much. It <laughs> can get a bit awkward, right? But, but, just, but, but I'm just saying, just be careful that you're, you're communicating and you're understanding and you're thinking, is she, with all that I'm doing and how we're interacting with each other, is she understanding, uh, does she have a, a right, really, a reasonable right to think that I'm further along than where I truly am? Has there something that I've done that, that communicates that? Be make, make sure that you're always communicating uh, accurately. And of course, as confidence about the relationship grows and confidence about the person uh, grows in the positive, you also communicate that. Hey, listen, Mina, for me, this is wor- working. You know, this is like, I'm, I'm really, you know, we've been doing this for five months, six months. I'm, I'm, my confidence is only growing. So just let me know if yours, no, yours is not, because mine is. You know, making sure that those conversations are happening. And gentlemen, that's your responsibility as, as men uh, to make sure that happens. There was a quick hand here.
Yeah. Okay, guys, we are really running out of time. We spent a lot of time on this point. Can we go to group three? I guess we might not finish this tonight, but uh, let's at least get something from group three. Group three, your text was Ephesians 6.1. Oh. <laughs> if we, uh, group 3, Ephesians 6, 1. So the text we had was Ephesians 6, 1, which is, um, children obey your parents in the Lord, um, for it is right. Um, the points um, uh, we came up with um, is firstly, respecting the fact that our parents are older and wiser than us in the place their Bible and honoring them for that. Um, so therefore, uh, we consult with our parents when making big life decisions. And this also calls us to be teachable and humble, because right now in the world, we're just, we're just um, wanting to be disobedient and wanting to pull away from our parents, but we're called um, to be more than that. Um, we should also be respectful, recognizing that our ultimate obedience is to God, and this is okay, because when our parents um, uh, call us to do things that are contrary to to saturate um, ourselves and our households with um, the word of God and submitting ourselves to its authority um, because it's their way that we see um, the ultimate example of obedience um, in the person of Jesus Christ um, and recognizing that obedience to our parents pleases the Father um, just as the Father will please in Christ's um, obedience. Um, and then also to bring a few bonus points Okay, let's, let's hold on with the bonus points. Yeah, we've run out of time for the bonus points. I love your main points. Maybe we'll discuss your bonus points next time. Uh, uh, <clears throat> this is excellent. What you, what you guys have said, some of the things that you guys, some of the things that you said there really hit the nail on the head. In the last days, Paul tells Timothy, people will be evil beyond measure. There will be such an evil in the way that people uh, are, are, are living their lives um, uh, that there's a particular verse I'm looking for here and I thought I had it in my mind. Um, there is a, there is a, uh, a, a pride and love of self uh, that is engulfing people in our age at the moment. And part of that is seen in our, in our relationship with those in authority. Okay? Now, we're going to deal with authority, the whole subject of authority in more detail in week, in the last session of the series. But I do want to just say that your relationship with your parents tells me everything I need to know about your love of Jesus Christ. Your relationship, your relationship with the way that you relate to your mom and dad or to your uncle or your grandmother or whoever it is that raised you, the way that you relate to them tells me everything I need to know about the kind of person you truly are, not the kind of person you want to be the kind of person that you are showing yourself, the person you truly are. Let me explain. 
If I'm looking for a wife and I'm trying to assess if this young lady I'm, I'm dating is going to be a godly woman and part of a godly woman, we understood last time we spoke about this, is that she's submissive to her husband, right? But this young lady is not married. Who is she called to submit to? A father. A father. If she has a father, she's called to submit to her father at this current moment. So where now? She's called to submit to her father. She's called to submit to her pastors at church. She's called to submit to the government. Those three areas. And she's also called to submit to her boss, to her employers, if she's employed. If I look at this one relationship with her parents, and I see that she's unsubmissive, she's, she is quarrelsome with her mom or her dad, I don't care how her mom or her dad treats her. I'm talking about how she treats them. The Bible, says, Bible doesn't care that your mom is horrible doesn't care that your dad is horrible. It says you have responsibilities towards them, even as horrible as they are. Now, when I say doesn't care, I'm over-speaking. It does care. It says that, you know, it, it addresses how horrible it is to be in a situation like that, to be called to submit to someone who is horrible. Caring is not the right word. Uh, it does, the scripture does care. The Lord does care. and The Lord does understand when you're under horrible uh, when you're in a horrible situation, an abusive situation, emotionally even, all of the stuff, the, the Lord does care about that. But what I'm trying to say um, is that as it relates to your responsibility to them, nothing's changed. If they curse you, you bless them. Yeah? If your dad curses you, you bless him. If your dad is your enemy, what does the Bible say? How are, you, how are you to live to with regards to your enemies? Love your enemies. There is simply nothing in, in, the, in the dynamic of the relationship that will excuse you being a quarrelsome, always chatting back, always thinking that you're smarter than them, person towards your parents, young men, young women. There's nothing that's going to excuse that kind of behavior. If you are, are, are treating your parents with that kind of behavior, that's not a reflection on them. It's a reflection on your lack of sanctification and hard-heartedness and loving yourself. How you, how you treat your mother, how you treat your father or your uncle, whoever it is who's in the parental position, tells me everything I need to know about the kind of person you are. This is very serious. The scripture never, it always says, honor your father and mother. Verse 2 says this, Ephesians chapter 2, chapter 6, verse 2. Honor them. Honor them. Put them in the place that they're in. God has put them in that position. This is something that I think we don't understand in this current age. A position, if it's created by God, still exists no matter who is sitting on that seat. Okay? Just because the government is full of people that of X, Y, and Z. You can describe them in X, Y, Z ways. Does not mean that they do not still hold that position. They still do. Just because your parent is not godly. If, if we all had to only be submissive and honor godly parents, nobody would honor them. Very few of us would honor them. 
It never says honor only godly parents. That's going to lead to anarchy. It's going to lead to a, a society that, has, that does not know how to respect and honor people. People who just think that they can rule themselves. People who have absolutely no compass. You must, you must honor your parents. As hard as it is, guys, listen, it's hard sometimes, I understand. Some of them are really horrible. Some of them have done really horrible things to you. Some of you ladies, maybe you've been abused even by the people who are supposed to be protecting you. And that's really hard. I, I can't tell you how hard that is to be violated by the person who's supposed to be the one you're supposed to run to to keep you safe. It's horrible beyond measure. So please understand me that I'm not taking this lightly, some of the hurts that you've been put under by those who are in authority over you. But unfortunately, but the scripture does not give me any data. You understand? There's no information here to me that would say that you are justified in being quarrelsome, in being cantankerous, in being disobedient, in not honoring them. Now, you have to understand what I'm saying here, because honor looks in different ways. It doesn't mean that honor doesn't mean that you do exactly everything that they tell you. For example, the, the, the uncle who raised me told me that I should never think about marriage until I'm 40. And I said, and then I was like, okay, I hear you, Baba. But, I mean, it's, I'm a Christian. It's, so, even though he's giving me something that he thinks is wisdom, there's superior wisdom above him. And so... And it's funny enough, because when I told him that I've proposed to a woman and I'm going to get married, he was like the ex- most excited person. So it's quite weird. <laughs> that he was like, I thought he was going to be like shouting at me. And he said, he said don't, get, don't think about marriage when you're 40 and, and only start having kids when you're 45. And when my wife got pregnant, like... <laughs> Um, when, my wife, when we told her that my wife got pregnant three months after we got married, she was, she was very excited. So, so my, my point in saying all of this to you is that, you know, honoring them, you, you have to balance it with scripture, even with scriptural wisdom, right? Even with biblical wisdom. Sometimes they'll tell you things that are not necessarily either sin, but they're just coming at it from an unsanctified perspective or a, a perspective that's not completely biblical. That's not the wisest. And so honor, there's a way to honor them even as you disagree, yeah? There's a, there's a way to disagree with pl- putting them in their place. But please, ensure, let me just encourage you guys, ensure that those who are above you in your families feel, not just know, they feel that you honor them. They, they feel it. Like, it's not, it's, not, it's not a matter of, oh, no, you say I'm honoring you, but they feel it. It's a, it's a part of the lived experience. When you approach them, whatever cultural thing is appropriate to show honor, you do that. You do everything that is culturally appropriate to show honor and respect to those who are, who are parents to you. Are you with me? Make them feel it. Let, let it be their experience. That they can say, you know, I've got all these kids, but you know... This child, you know, he, this child really honors me. Even when he disagrees with me, he sits down. He, he, he. You know, there's a way to disagree with someone where you don't just come and disagree with everything that they say. You say, you know what, when you say this, you know, I, I see why you're saying it. When you say this, I understand where you're coming from. 
when you say this, you know, that's, that's so wise in, 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 in saying this, Mama. When you say this, Mama, I see. But can I just explain to you why I think different? Can I just, can I just explain to you, this is my reasoning, and this is why I'm going to go this way. You understand what I'm saying? Not just, oh, Mom. Not this, none of this rolling your eyes to them. That is not a behavior that fits someone who is washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. That is sinful. Honor them. them not to go to, no, but I do, honor, I, I do honor her. She just doesn't, she just is always fighting with me. No, she must feel that you honor her. Your aim should be that it's, it becomes a part of her experience or his experience that this child honors me like, it's, like they, they feel it. It sits on their chest. They know that when you take them seriously and you honor the place that God has put in your life, above your life. Are you with me? Amen. Um, <laughs> let's go to group, group four eh? real quick. Hold on, let me read the text first. Do, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Go ahead.
Really good, man. Yeah, that, was, that was excellent, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's much more I can add, really. You guys, you guys did my job for me. Thank you. Uh, but yes, 100%. Uh, uh, I, I don't know if there's a bigger enemy um, to life together in the church, to the community that God wants to build than conceit, selfish ambition. Ah, I don't know if there's another one. I don't know if there's a bigger enemy. Maybe it's sexual immorality, but ah, the, the, one, the one that is really problematic is this conceit, this puffed up. You know conceit is this, this word of, you're like a balloon, you're full of helium. You're just puffed up. Um, and, and unfortunately, we all struggle with that. The moment you think you don't is when you're really, really struggling with it. <laughs> um, uh, and I must say, uh, when we, part of the reason that this is one of the biggest problems in, as a, as a, that's a, that's a biggest reasons why this is a big enemy for our unity and how we are to do life together is because the gifts that God gives us are to bless each other. And unfortunately, those gifts that God gives us, all of us in different, in different, in their different kinds, can solicit praise from others. So if you're a really good administrator, and Mina, I recommend somebody to come to you because nobody knows how to organize an Excel spreadsheet like you can. What's that doing to your ego? Yeah, born. It's like pump, you know that pump that you use for the soccer ball. And, but I'm supposed to recommend, I'm supposed to honor what God is doing in your life. I'm supposed to do that. If I don't encourage you even in telling you that God is doing a work in you and praise God for the work he's doing in you, I'm sinning. So it's like, it's a question you too, because there's always temptation to be puffed up when others even thank you. Um, for all the different gifts, all the different things that you bring to the table, as we recognize them and as they bless us, we recognize them, we praise God for them, and then we come to you and say, Amen, this is so helpful. It takes a lot to fight. Like one of the, one of the hardest times for me as a preacher uh, is right after I've preached on Sunday morning. Uh, because... Uh, God's people are so kind and so generous. Even after I think that, you know, my, I was just blabbering, my, my thoughts weren't all coming together, someone's going to come up to me and say, you know, when you said this, you know, I've been struggling with this. 
And even I wasn't even thinking about that. I was, you know, when you when you when you said the, you said this. Oh, did I say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. <laughs> oh, oh, it wasn't in my notes. Yeah. Well, you said it, and like that. That was for me. The Lord is. I've been dealing with this this week, and what do you think that does to me? It can really pop me up, and it's a massive battle to ensure that that doesn't happen to me. And to you too as well. When people compliment you on all these kinds of things, because we're supposed to do love together, we're supposed to be doing that. So let me just, let me just encourage you to strengthen your, your resolve to fight that aspect that's in you. Ne? Fight it. Like Nipur is saying, I really agree with that. Just like, just write your obituary every morning. <laughs> like, just, kid, just die, because... That's the only way you're going to survive. There's no, I can't say to you, stop serving others. You know what I'm saying? So with sexual immorality, I can say, I can even go so far as saying, if you're really struggling, just get rid of this, this iPhone and let's get you a dumb phone. You know what I mean? We can really cut that easily. Like there's a way to run away from stuff. Stay, just only hang out with guys or whatever. Or be, be in this situation or make sure that you're not going to these places Get this kind of phone. We can fight sexual immorality by even doing radical things like that. With regard to pride, I can't say to you, stop serving. I can't say to you, stop being a blessing to others. I can't say that. So it's going to solicit. So it's going to require that when you're always vigilant. And the more you're not fighting it, the more it's going to be consuming you. So strengthen your resolve uh, to, fight, to fight your selfish ambition. And particularly, ensure that you do nothing from the place of selfish ambition or conceit. So make sure that you, which means that all of your, all of your things that you do, whatever you're doing, whatever you're saying, you know that sometimes, sometimes someone can sulk. You know, someone has like a, you know, a, a personality. You know, we know, we all know each other's personality generally. If we know each other, we know this person is always boisterous. This person is always quiet. But when you see this person who's always boisterous, always loud, all of a sudden now they're quiet. Like on a Friday night like this, they're not talking to anyone. They're just, they're just drinking their coffee there in the corner. Now we're all going to be like, what's wrong with you? What is that? You are, now so, you are now doing something out of selfish ambition or conceit. You are inciting others to come and give you a pity party. You see what I'm saying? You, you are... There's, I'm not talking about the down where like you're depressed by life or like there's heaviness. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the one where you're just like you're feeling neglected and you want people to come and love you. You, you know what I'm talking about. You know those moments when you feel that way. You know what I'm talking about when you're just feeling like you just want someone to come and acknowledge you today. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You know it. And, and, so, and so those ones we're needing to fight because when you're, when you're changing... When you're even changing your own, your countenance and you're bringing yourself and you're saying, I'm going to change, I'm not going to speak in the way that I normally speak, you are doing something out of conceit. You're actively doing something and you just need to always be asking yourself, where is this coming from? Out of what am I doing this? What is the fountain? What is the motive behind this particular action that I want to do? And kill it. Don't do it. But rather consider others better than yourself. Always put others first and more important. Yeah? I'm telling you, saints, if we, if we were to do that, if we were to live like that as people here, um, here, at, here at Heritage, there at Cathoras Bible Church, if we were to just live like that, oh, the Lord will use us. 
we would be, we would be the, the, the community that the Lord wants. We would be the salt of the earth if we were to just live in the way that God calls us to. Let me encourage you, saints, uh, by the mercies of the Lord Jesus, uh, live, that, live the way that you have to. I can see people are looking at their watches. Let's go to the last group. Yeah, I can see you, Nyan Bon. You're, you're looking at your watch out of selfish ambition. <laughs> <laughs> Can I go here before you? Yeah. Yes. 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 Your verse was 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 1, yeah? Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father, younger men as brothers. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and this also relates to the other to your brothers 
Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, do not be fearful. That's a very one, one last important point is you should not don't don't think about how this will reflect. Obviously you should care, but do not think of how this will, will reflect uh, for the most part on your uh, image or maybe this person will not like me anymore. Uh, it's I think it's a the point that was related to what uh, Pastor Michael was saying was preaching. He said it's like if the work of Christ needs to be done, it's not about you. Make it about you. Forget about yourself. There's a work that needs to be done. Do it because it needs to be done. And and, and uh, regardless of your insecurities or whatsoever may be standing. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, man. So this is um this is this is very good. And what I wanted to just bring attention to in this particular verse is uh, the the way that you treat older people. Uh, he's telling. You know, this is an instruction actually primarily to Timothy himself as a leader. And he's being told, you know, as a leader, obviously he's going to, his, part of his job is going to be to rebuke people. But he says, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him, as, encourage him as you would a father. There's a way that you contradict a father or a mother that is not the same in how you contradict someone who's your age. You with me? Uh, please, young people, please, by 
in order to fulfill your calling in Christ, relate to the older people that God has placed in your life in a manner that befits their station in life. I, I just, I, I really, I really struggle. And maybe it's just because, you know, I, I grew up in a village, so I'm too traditional. So I just always need to check this in myself. But sure, I really struggle with, with, with all of, like, these young people who just can talk about an older person, however. Like, this, this person that you're talking about has studied God's word for 30, 40 years. You, your parents hadn't even met yet. And this person has done so much work in God's word, and when are you just going to come and just say and speak however about an older person? I really fear for young people who act that way. You have to be very careful how you speak about an older person. And for some reason, I think you guys forget what Jesus says when he says, Every word that comes out of a man, they will, come, they will be called to account for. I don't know if you understand that that includes your social media. I'm not sure if you guys know this. But uh, I'm here to tell you that it even includes your social media. Calling an older man a buffoon. Calling an older woman by whatever name. Like, some of these guys, they talk about, you know, I, I was just watching some guys talk about the Minister of Education, Angie Mojeha. And I'm like, you're talking about an older lady. Kanje? Jasinje? Calling her Anje. Okay, because when you disapprove, you are not happy with her in her political station, fine. But you have reduced her to what you disagree with and you are just saying all manner of things about her. Haibo. Talking about... It's, 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 it is quite jarring to see the way people your age speak about older people today. It's quite jarring to me. And I think it's because I come from a village. But it, it's, you know, all of our cultures in some senses have the image of God in them and and I think part of the reason why someone who comes from a village or someone who is traditional would struggle with this, even as a Christian with a renewed mind, is because whenever you open the Bible, it says nothing but honor to those who are older. Honor, speaking of them fairly. I'm not saying that we should brush or underneath, under, you know, brush under issues and act like issues aren't there. You know, like, like you're saying, don't, you know, being cowardly and all of this. I'm not saying that, but my goodness, when you're speaking about an older person, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth, watch your typing. If you're talking about someone who's not your peer, this is not someone who was born in 2000. Is, I'm, I'm being this because the scripture says here, this is not me, the scripture says, do not rebuke an older man. It says, but encourage him as you would a father. There is a way to speak to someone who is older. Someone who was born in 1974, who's seen things that you don't know, who's experienced life, who's gained wisdom, who's at a station that you're not at, don't treat him and talk to him like you're talking to someone who's a spring chicken like you are. 
please. I'm, I'm, guys, if you're going to be godly, you're going to have to be very countercultural, hey? There's many ways in which you guys are going to be sardines. If you're going to honor the Lord, you do not speak about older people willy-nilly. You speak with the respect that, they're, that where they're at requires. If you need to rebuke something and say something is wrong, say it in a respectful tone. I want to show you something. 2 Timothy says that even the worst people, those who are, who are enemies of the gospel, those who are even enemies of the gospel, so I'm, right now I'm going to the furthest field, those who are enemies of the gospel, verse 24, there's a way that you're out to even deal with them. He says, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, underline everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. How do you correct your opponents? <laughs> What's gentleness? You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm telling you guys, the stuff that I'm seeing online from some of you solid reform people is shocking the way that you talk about all the people. To be very careful here. It says here, God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil. Now, how much more this person is in your church? Okay, here's someone. And, and, and this is the thing. All the people sometimes, they really mess up, right? All the people, they mess up often. <laughs> it's interesting to me that sometimes... There are mess-ups that are as a result of the fact that someone is older and cranky now. Now they don't have any patience, you know? They run out of patience. They're too set in their ways. Sometimes they'll say something that's really bad. Sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll speak in particular ways that, are, that, is, that is uncouth maybe. It's no, longer, it's no longer, let's say, politically correct for our time. It's like, hey, cool, you can't say that anymore. People tolerated that in the, back in the day, but not anymore. <laughs> now, you know, you, you, those, there's, there's ways. You have to be sensitive to where people are and cool. The way that you're speaking is not right. But there's a way to respect him as cool. There is a way to respect, to, 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 to encourage him in the right way as an older person. You don't just come to him and say, Ah, you think like this? Ah, we've got no hope for you. Ah, how can you say something like this? Don't you know this? Don't you know that? No, guys, please. Please, be very different from the people around you. The world is making you... You know what? There's something that happened in my lifetime. I saw this happening in my lifetime. Where teenagers, you know, they, they called it E... They called it E Ador. Have you ever heard of that? They call it the adolescence, where there's all of a sudden you're a child, you're, you're 11, you, you know, you're, you're 10 years old, you're 11 years old, you're 12 years old, you're a child. Everybody expects you to behave. Everybody expects you to be, when, the, when you're being rebuked, they expect you to obey. You're 12, and then something happens when the number changes from 2 to 3. And now all of a sudden you're expected to disobey, and it's fine. You're expected, there's a period of life where you're expected to be rebellious. We talk to you, but you're going to do your own thing because it's that season of life. 
I have no idea where this thing comes from. And unfortunately, we're expecting those people who said that now that because you're 13, you're now in the adore stage, you're expected to be rebellious, and they expect it to end when your number is 19, and when you turn 20, they expect it to disappear. And it doesn't. Because now they've taught you, the parents themselves, they've taught you, they've allowed you, they haven't disciplined you the way they should have. They've allowed you that when you were 13, to be rebellious and self-ruled, such that when you get to 20, you don't know anything else. And 21, you don't know anything else. They've allowed you to talk to them in any way. So now that you're 20, you don't know how to talk to them anymore. They expected you to snap out of it. And then your relationship with them is now, it's now, it's now hurt. And the reason is because they allowed you to be rebellious and talk to them and talk about them in particular ways. And, uh, and you know, this is a serious Western problem. I'm going to be honest with you now. This is a, it's a Western. I've never seen this problem more than when I went to America. This is a serious Western problem. Because in the, in, in the Western thinking, you, you, you are encouraged to think and be innovative and all of this stuff, which is wonderful. But that leads to talking to your parents in ways that are shocking. Shocking. And it's funny to me because when I was in the States, I, I spoke to parents. I just, because I, like, I was seeing things. I was going to reform people's houses, people who are serious, people who love God's word. I was going to their homes. And the way that the daughter is responding to her dad, I just, there was one time I was sitting at this one table and the daughter just like spoke to her dad like that. And I was like, hey, boo. Hey, boo. And I was expecting like a shoe to fly from across the room. And it was just like fine. The dad was just like, oh. I'm like, hey, boo. Hey, man. And I'm speaking. These are people who go to church on Sunday. They open the, they read the same Bible I'm reading. And then I'm asking the parents, I'm doing a survey, I'm asking the parents, is this fine? Like, what's going on? And then the mom, Shane, she started crying. The mom started weeping. She started saying, well, I just don't know. I guess this is just, I've just assumed this is how things are. And I'm like, something's wrong here. And then I spoke to my wife about it. I spoke to my, my, my in-laws about it. And I realized this is a serious issue. And I've spoken to other people here, other Western people here in my country. And I've seen... This is a serious people from people who are raised in that kind, of, that kind of free household where you're just allowed to express yourself. Let me tell you, be, that's very dangerous. It's good in one sense. It's wonderful in one sense because it allows you to innovate, allows you to think, allows you to ask questions, all of this stuff, and we need that for the advancement of the human race. It's wonderful in that one sense, but don't go too far. You're a Christian. Don't go too far. You are a believer. Honor your mother and father. Do not respond to your mother and father like you're talking to a pig. That person is older. Do not speak to other older, about other people, who even who are here in the, in the church, who you've heard do things or say things that require rebuke. Do not speak, to, speak about them as if they're pigs. They are God's people, and they are older than you. That requires respect. The dignity that comes from age requires respect from you regardless. Now, you are to encourage them as you would a father. So, so which means you are to rebuke them, but rebuke them in a manner that's encouraging, in a manner that is honoring to them, speaking in wholesome language. But don't you dare talk to them like you're talking to a pig. Are you with me? You are Christians. You belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Honor older people. Honor them. Put them in their place. Are you with me, friends? 
I haven't lost anybody, I hope. If I've lost you, come back. There are a few hands, and then I just want to end. Yeah, boy. So, uh, so I don't know how you. I just want you to. I just want you to, to, to briefly interpret this for me. Yeah. Uh, it's in Galatians three. Yeah. Where Paul says, "All, all, all finished Galatians, who has bewitched you, mm-hmm. all your eyes that Jesus Christ has publicly portrayed as crucified." And then when you go to chapter five and verse twelve, um, uh, rebuking false teachers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. He said, "I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves." Yeah. So he's like, he's using strong words. He is. How do you make that applicable? Never. I don't know. Just rebuking people in general. I don't know whether I can use that. Yeah. Yeah. This is a very good question. Uh, number one, Paul is an older man. Are you with me? Okay. Paul already is an older man. Yes, he's writing that. Uh, there, is, there, is a, there is an authority that he has, an apostle, that you and I don't have. And also, he is an older man already. And he's not specifically directing that to a specific group of older men. Okay. That falls into a different category of just rebuking false teaching, right? So you, when you rebuke false teaching and you, you rebuke the, 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 the sin and the, 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 the heinousness of false teaching, you go full on. But when you're talking to someone or talking about a specific person, it's different. You, you, you have to be able to say things in a, in a clear way. I'm not saying, you have to understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you do not rebuke false teaching and you do not call out false teaching and you do not take to the logical conclusion of what false teaching is. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you're going to take an older person's name to your lips, treat that name with the respect that it requires because that person is older. Now, if that person is an older man who's a false teacher, then call out his false teaching. But if you're going to single out an older man, you know, you see, he's generalizing. And you know, he is an older man already. So already you, you're not, it's not the same thing. But you know, he's generalizing. You, he's generalizing. But when, if you're speaking about a specific person, like you're going to call out a specific name, there's a way to do it. There's a way that's respectful to do it, that's Christian. Because he says, you always want to look at two things. There's descriptive and prescriptive language, uh, texts in the Bible. You can look at what somebody did, and then you can look at what somebody said you should do. Those are two different things. When you look at what Paul says you should do with false teachers, he says you are to treat them with gentleness. That's what he said in 2 Timothy, right? That's what he said you should do. And that's near the end of his life when he's much wiser and much more, you know, polished as a man who's near his death. Paul, in the book of Acts, you remember him being rebuked and then he had to apologize because he rebuked an older man who was a high priest. He said, God will kill, God will kill you too. You whitewashed too. And then they stroke him and said, you're going to say that to the high priest? And he said, I was wrong. I, I apologize because the scripture says you are not to speak to like this to anybody who is a ruler of your people. He quotes the Old Testament 
to re- so he's apologizing. He knows that what he's just done is wrong. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm not saying that what he's doing in Galatians is wrong, but I'm just trying to give you perspective that you have to watch what he says and interpret what he does in light of what he teaches you to do. Always make sure that you build your doctrine on instructions, not on description. Description is very dangerous. Because if, if, if we're only going to place weight on description, then we're going to have all kinds of different weird doctrines. You understand? So, I don't know. so what you're saying there in, in, in the book of Galatians, he was being descriptive. He was not being prescriptive. No, no, no. I'm saying he, that's what he is doing. He's not saying, hey, everybody, say this about them. That's what he was doing. You understand? So, so it's descriptive in that sense. Um, but, but my point is that I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that Paul was wrong to say that. I'm saying that, that's, that's, that that is, however we interpret that, we must interpret that, that attitude that he has, putting it together with the doctrine that he taught us on how to, we are to conduct ourselves. He gives us doctrine of how to disagree with people, right? He tells us, this is the way you do it. And then he did that. So we have to put it together. And the way that I would put it together is simply this. That you know, he's, talk, he's generalizing. He's not talking to a specific person. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, he's, he's saying, talking about when, you're, when an opponent comes to you and they're doing this, you correct them in this way. When you're talking. So it, says to me, it seems to me to be, to be more localized. Like when I'm talking to an opponent, this is how I'm to conduct myself. Uh, there he's generalizing. There was another hand over here. I, sorry, are you satisfied? Yeah. Do you feel like I've just jumped around your question? Okay. Yep. Let me, let me ask this is a great question. And I, 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 can, I, can we just end on this? Because we need to go. I want to end on this. Who's your ideological enemy? Think of an ideological enemy that you have. Okay, let me give you an example. Someone will say, this is as an example. Né? Don't, don't fight with me. This is not me. This is me, me making an example. Okay? Let's say you say capitalists are my ideological enemies. And then another one of you will say, no, communists are my ideological enemies, right? And so then this person who's a communist writes a blog that you as a capitalist disagree with, isn't it? And you disagree with even the thesis, like there's, you don't see anything in that that is worth praising. Is there a way to speak about that, about this person's work that is honoring to them as made in the image of God while still being incisive? and clear on why you disagree? There has to be. It can't just be the default is... Ah! It can't just be that the default should be that nonsense, nonsense. There has to be a calm and collected... Okay, he says this. He believes that you know, the best way to, to, to run a country is this way. This is what he says. He says, this is his first point. This is why I disagree with his first point. This is his second point. I hear what he's saying, 
But here's the data. I think he manipulated the data here. He's wrong. This is, what I, this is why I disagree. This is why I disagree. This is why I disagree on what he's saying. You know, you know what people usually do these days? They don't do that work anymore. You see, when you write, when you write uh, academic papers, you are told to represent the other position fairly. You have to... I mean, in seminary, my lecturer taught me that even if I'm reviewing the work of a heretic, I need to review that work as if the guy who wrote it is standing in front of me, such that he can say, yep, you have represented me fairly. People don't do that anymore. People just apply assumptions and motives. Well, this guy just wants all of our money. That's why he said this. You don't know that. You're just, you're just parroting what other ideological ideologues like you are saying. You don't know that. You don't know that's what he wants. You don't know if he truly has believed that this is the best way to make humanity flourish. You don't know. So just, so just interact with the ideas and interact and say, okay, I understand what you're saying here. I think you're wrong because he has the data. Here's a, okay, you're a capitalist. Well, capitalist, don't just say, oh, capitalists just want to be rich and make everybody poor. No, okay, listen, you, you, this is why you're saying this. I disagree with you here because here are some data points. You manipulated the data here or you didn't do this here or whatever. Interact at that level where, you're, where you're, you, are, you are charitable enough to say, this is what the person said. This is why I disagree with them. This is, what they, this is why the person said they're doing this. Don't assume a motive on someone that, 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 you, that you couldn't know. Are you God? You see, this is the thing. And this is a problem, and I'm using this communist capitalist thing because, because it's part of it. What we've done is, we, we lump people into category, in, into little, these little classes. We put them into a little bottle, and then we say, everybody who's in this bottle, anybody who's even saying something that sounds like it belongs to this bottle, this is what they're like. And what you're doing that, you are, you are not hearing actual people and where people are actually at. Because you're really assuming, you're, you're pretending to be God, you're arrogant. You're assuming that you know exactly what this person thinks. You don't. It might be true. It might be wrong. You don't know. What's your responsibility? Re- speak to them based on only what they have said or what you can know. Do not act like you know more than you do. You understand what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. There is a way to interact even with your worst ideological enemy. There's a way to interact even with heretics based on just what and say then, if scripture gives you ideas about what, what, what assumptions would be, then say those assumptions based on scripture and, and say clearly, okay, this person's, this person's motive is this because the scripture tells me if somebody acts this way, this is their motive. Make it clear. Don't assume things that you can't know. Assume things if the scripture says you can assume them. If somebody sinned, why did somebody sin? They sinned because of sinner. How do I know? Scripture tells me to. Scripture told me so. You understand what I'm saying? Assume as far as Scripture tells you to assume because you're informed by Scripture. Don't take the assumption work on yourself, especially on things that the Scripture doesn't speak about. Be very careful when you're talking about older people whom you disagree with, especially when you're dealing with their work. Uh, or just, just let's just, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I want to tell you about a guy as I close. I know it's late, but you guys are young. You'll be fine tomorrow. <laughs> Let me tell you about a guy. Uh, there's a guy whose name is Daniel Lindley. You might not know him. He's an American guy. He came to South Africa in 1830-something, 
1934. At a time when missionaries were coming to South Africa and they were telling my people that everything about everything culturally about how we do things is evil. We need to change everything. So Lobola is evil. All of this stuff is evil. And then the missionaries and the different nations were fighting. You know, when the when the Afrikaners were trekking and going up to find their own place. And they were, they were fighting with those in Cape Town. So the British and the Afrikaans were fighting. The Zulu, the, the, and then the Afrikaans were fighting with the Ndebeles. And they were not happy with the Ndebeles such that Umziligas had to go to, to, to Zimbabwe. When everybody, and the Zulus were, where, where Mutingan was fighting with the Afrikaners and also fighting with the British. And not every, nobody was liking each other. It was a perilous time in the 1800s in South Africa. Daniel Lindley came. All of these people, nobody trusted each other. None of these people trusted each other. They all, they all were, were assuming motives. Everybody's telling people to change. Everybody's telling people to do things. Daniel Lindley comes. He arrives. He makes friends with Umziligas. He becomes a good friend of Umziligas. He tries to give the gospel to Umziligas. When the Afrikaners arrive and they push Umziligas away, Umziligas is now gone. And then he now, he's so good with his interactions with the Afrikaners as they, as they are there in Rustenburg and all that that they asked him to be their pastor. He, he's the first guy to have a 20,000 people church all across north, going down towards like free state, coming from like northwest, Gauteng, free state, all the people that were there, the Afrikaners, they were all there. They all looked to him as pastor. And they loved him so much because he was relating to them as a person. He did not come with his own things. He did not, he did not box them. He treated them as people and said, okay, this is where you guys are. This is where they loved him. Um Ziligaz loved him. Ziligaz even protected him. He was loving him. Ziligaz just had to leave when the Afrikaners came. But he loved him as well. One of his saddest things is that he never saw Mziligaz become a Christian, but he was praying for him. And Mziligaz, he loved this guy because he respected Mziligaz and Mziligaz's traditions. And then he left the Afrikaners and came down to KZN to become a pastor among the Zulus. And the Zulus loved him. Like, this guy was here about 40 years. All the different groups that were at loggerheads and fighting with each other, they couldn't stand each other. But they loved this guy. Why? He did not, he did not, he did not compromise on the gospel. He told everybody what they needed to hear gospel-wise. But he did not, he treated people with their different cultures with honor and respect. He was the first missionary whom we have documented that he came to KZN and he was going around praising the practice of Lobola and how wonderful, and how wonderful it was doing for the women. He said he has never seen, he, actually his wife wrote a wonderful little thing where it says that just the way that women are honored when they're being Lobola and how things were being done among the Zulus with the Lobola practice. Uh, he, they don't understand why these other missionaries were telling people this is ungodly. Because he came and he did the work. He learned his ligas. He learned him as a man and his and his uh, and his ndebeles. And he learned the poor, the Afrikaners. And he learned them as people. So much that they loved them. They were kicking out other Afrikaners and other Dutch from being a pastor. And they had him as their pastor. Because he, there was just something about this guy, Daniel Lindley in the way that he was ministering to people and the way that he came and honored everybody where they're at while still calling them to Christ, that he's one of the most successful ministers in the, the, this country has ever seen. There's a, a, a town named after him in Free State called Lindley. That guy is whom I want to emulate. 
Because I'm not, I, I, I want, I, the world right now wants you to see people in, in blocks and categories. Yeah, now he saw people as individuals, as people. He treated them as where they're at. He, under, he said, who are you? What is it? He, he did not come with brash things and, and saying massive things. Ah, oh, the Africans are all like this. Or the, 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 ah, these natives, they're all like this. They're all... No, he came and he said, let me learn and understand who you are. Are you with me? Please join me in trying to emulate this man, Daniel Lindley. What a great guy. Please, let's emulate him. This is beside our topic today. Um, um, but it really is important as it relates to how we rebuke older people. Right? It's really important that we, we treat them, even like you were saying, we treat them, we come to them with that humility. Amen? Wow. That's the time, huh? That's wonderful. And Lali, let's pray. Let's pray. Our dear Father in heaven, our Lord, we pray that you would help us, um, that in Christ, all these things that we've discussed here would find a, a home in our hearts, and that we would be uh, holy uh, because of them. I pray, Lord, that you'd help everybody here to chew the meat and spit out the bones. If there's anything that we've said that's unhelpful, ungodly, unnecessary, Lord, help us to just quickly forget it and let us remember and think on what is true and holy and honorable. We pray all of this in your son's name. We pray now that you protect us even as we leave and go to our respective homes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.